Support for CJSW's podcasts comes from listeners just like you. Visit cjsw.com slash donate and join thousands of people who help make independent campus and community radio a reality for the city of Calgary and beyond. CJSW 90.9 FM, broadcast in bloom. Hello and welcome to another episode of Accessible Airways on CJSW 90.9 FM. This program is dedicated to the education and exploration of disabled life. Giving voice to the life and experience of people with disabilities. We cover a wide array of issues and disabilities. We are people who discuss issues we are passionate about. And topics we are interested in. We show how disability is in the mind of the beholder. My name is Adam. I am your host today. Your interview is with John Egler. He is interviewing Darcy Irwin on Zoom. He is a co-owner of the Grizzly Cage Boxing Club, and she runs a program for people with Parkinson's disease. She created a safe space for all abilities to participate in an active life. Hello and welcome to Accessible Airwaves on CGSW 90.9 FM. My name is John Aguilar. I am interviewing Darcy Irwin from the Grizzly Boxing Club here in Calgary. She runs a program for people with Parkinson's disease at the Boxing Club. Hello, Darcy, and welcome to the show. It is good to have you join us today. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Uh Uh-huh. Let's get on with the questions, shall we? Sure. Hey, how did you come up with the Boxing and Fitness Club? Well, that would be both my husband and I have a deep love and respect for the sport of boxing. So we both have uh, competitive backgrounds in the area of boxing. And the types of clubs we grew up in were quite different than what we've created today. And uh, so we, we really looked at where we could start to invite people and reduce the fear because there was a lot of fear around competitive boxing clubs trying to consider joining. You might be scared from something you either saw in a movie or maybe you saw on television. And so we oh. wanted to come up with a place that could be including people practicing with non-contact boxing. And it would be more from a recreational perspective. Yeah. Recreational perspective. Yeah. Uh So they didn't have to worry about contact or um, any kind of physical contact coming back at them. What they were able to do is exert their own uh, selves, meaning that they are able to make contact with heavy bags, focus mitts. Uh, They could do it on the speed bag. There were a number of tools that we provided uh, that would give them the skills for boxing, but they wouldn't have to be concerned about somebody striking back because it was the one way of contact from their direction to the tool. Yeah. Yeah. Next one. What influenced you to start the club? Well, when we learned that there were people uh, sort of avoiding going to the boxing clubs, uh, we would 
be concerned about it because there were people that you would consider to be, you know, brave and strong, like, for example, young police officers. And we would hear these stories where they said, you know, I was I wanted to join this boxing club, but I was afraid. And so what we wanted to do was create a culture in the club where that person would feel welcome from the time they arrived at the door right through to when they started to get the introduction to their boxing and make sure that the other members would help to welcome them aboard. Yeah, so that really inspired us to keep working at that safe feeling in the environment and make sure that emotionally people felt like they were going to be a part of the larger atmosphere in the club. Uh, larger atmosphere, so the person will feel welcomed. Yeah, that's right. right. <clears throat> Chris, which professional boxer do you cite as your influences? Oh, that's a tough one because I certainly have many favorite professional boxers. Um, and, and interestingly, our boxing club is considered to be an amateur boxing club. So it belongs to the Canadian Amateur Boxing Association. And then the professional boxers, the ones that you see on television, they're the ones that uh, they get paid <laughs> to do what they do. And so uh, I always admire the bravado in that, in that they're willing to risk themselves. And uh, I think that my one of my favorites would be Roberto Durant. And he boxed, oh, for a long time, from 1968 right till 2001. And he's from Panama. And the, the, the my favorite part of him is that he became a hero for the people in his, uh, where he came from, in his town because there was such poverty there and they didn't have much hope at all. And uh, the boxing career that Roberto formed became uh, a heroic story for those people. And they believed in him and his fight. And he was a relentless fighter. He would never oh. back down. He just never gave up. Yeah, he wouldn't give up. <laughs> no, he would not give up. That was his biggest thing is he fought fiercely even though he used technical uh, skills to, to to in his in the ring, he was also somebody who was really versatile and he was able to brawl if he needed to. So uh, he had all uh, of the traits. Yeah. Yeah. As was the case of the boxing films like Rocky. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. There's right. a lot of brawling there. How did you come up with the idea of having a program for people with Parkinson's disease? And how long has it been running? Oh, well, we've had this program since 2016. And huh. uh, it would probably have been around a couple years before that we were aware of a program in the United States that one of the professional boxers was uh, working with people with Parkinson's. His name was Polly Ayala. And uh, he had started doing that. And my husband became interested in it. And then it was funny, just around 2015, there was a media release about American uh, program that was also working in a boxing club with people with Parkinson's. And uh, we sooner uh, than not, we got phone calls from our members, phone calls from our friends, phone calls from our family saying, listen, you guys have to do this in Alberta. There's nothing like it going on in Alberta. 
and you'd be the the right club to to start this. And so we uh, we worked with an interdisciplinary team. So we had different members. So uh, one of them would have been the University of Calgary's kinesiology department, and uh, they helped us to put together, among other professionals, a team where we could deliver a program that would meet the needs of people with Parkinson's. So we took quite a while in educating ourselves on what those needs were. And ultimately, in 2016, we launched what we call Grizzly Strides. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. What is the main purpose of your boxing for people with Parkinson's disease programs? Well, what we try to do every time we're together is to give opportunity for them to improve their quality of life because oh. we're only with them for those couple, three hours a week. And so we want to make sure that all of their time outside of the uh, program, they're able to pull from the, the things that they learn in the class and be able to pull that into their day-to-day -day life and be able to use that to help make their life easier because they're always in a little bit of a battle with some of these symptoms. And so daily they have to go through their day working through these. And if we can help give them tools to be able to cope, well, that's very helpful. And that, that comes from sort of an analogy of boxing as well is that the boxer is faced with an opponent or adversity you could consider. And that boxer needs to learn how to defend and be able to cope with that adversity coming at them over and over. And so we use the, the uh, sport of boxing to help teach that. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how to use that type. Yeah. Could you tell the listeners with Parkinson's disease how they can sign up or become more involved in the program? <clears throat> yeah. So our, our uh, best starting place is to take a look or at the uh, website that Grizzly uh, Boxing and Fitness has. We have a section for uh, learning for people with uh, Parkinson's about the program. It's just referred to as Grizzly Strides. And on there, there's a video that would give them a little bit of an inside look at what we do together when we're, when we're training. And it gives also uh, an idea of who might be in there. Because I think people wonder, you know, what do people with Parkinson's do at their training program? Who are they? Who's in there? And so it gives them an idea that these are regular healthy people who want to live to their fullest. We have people arrive on motorcycle. We have people coming in. They're all people who are driving at this point in time. They're driving themselves independently and their physical fitness is unbelievable. You would uh, see if you came to the classroom that at first people, maybe their medicine hasn't started to work to its peak that morning quite yet when they arrive, or maybe they're having a difficult day. But by the time we get their hands wrapped and get their gloves on and get on the floor, do our warm up and push through the program, those athletes are moving like anyone else. And you'll be able to see the uh, fitness, the balance, the uh, mobility that they have, and the strength. I mean, for some of these people, they're doing full push ups. Uh, they're doing all kinds of cardio-based work, resistance training, and it's, it's amazing to watch the class. And so if you get a peek at the video, 
if you're perhaps thinking about joining, it gives you an idea of what's going on in there. And we do offer a couple of different levels so that maybe you're not as fast moving as what I was describing. That's the class that runs on Monday and Wednesday. There's another set of people that train on Tuesday and Thursday that they're just not as fast moving and maybe they're a little bit more challenged with their mobility and their balance. So they would train on uh, Tuesday, Thursday rotation. And on that website, there's an opportunity to be able to connect with myself. And what we do is we do a pre-screening phone call. We make sure that it's a good fit for the program, for the person, making sure that the fitness, mobility, and balance is safe enough to participate. And we do have two other programs in the city that we uh, are partnered with. So if perhaps that person calls me and they want to join boxing, but we determine maybe that it would be better fit for them to join what's called Decidedly Jazz. They have a dance program that utilizes music. It's a wonderful program. And they also, in Calgary, we have at the Jewish Community Center, another program designed with the curriculum specific to people with Parkinson's, and that's called Power Moves. And that's at the Jewish Community Center. So these these are two places that, Together, we can work to make sure that if somebody is interested in becoming physically active, but they do want that cognitive challenge, which is a big part of each of those programs that I just described. So they want to be able to practice uh, working with things like memory, uh, working memory. They want to be able to uh, look at problem solving. We do a lot of things around uh, challenges with respect to competition, because I find that the group is highly competitive. So we play all sorts of different challenges out. So each day we might have a a gross motor station mixed with fine motor in the next area, and then a cognitive station. So they'll get a chance to be able to work with all of their senses. So they use each of their senses to the height. So we make sure that we're not just always relying on vision because we have to start to develop the other senses because these people face potential in the future for concerns with balance and then potentially falls. So we make sure that we develop what's called proprioception, peripheral vision. We do a lot of things that will assist them in the future when they start to meet these challenges. So that's when they start to meet the challenges. Yeah. <laughs> so we want to be there for them when that happens. Yeah. So we help yeah. them through that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How long is the program for? Is it like an hour long each week or is it like a seasonal thing that happens during the summer or the winter? That's a great question, John. We have uh, seasonal would be we train from September all the way through until the end of July. So the the month that we took off this year was August. Historically, we didn't take any time off, but we found that people did want to get outside and enjoy some of the sunshine. So we all agreed as a group that we would take a break for August and resume in September. So that's what we did. And we'll continue that pattern next year as well from September through till the end of July. But the neat thing is that people can join at any point in the year. They don't have to be there. It's not like school where you have to show up in September. We can have you on board at any point throughout the year. 
and we've developed a, a mentorship program. So there are some people that have been around with us for a number of years who offered to be able to assist a new person when they come, because it can kind of be nerve wracking to join something new uh. and everything, um, everything from the terminology is brand new language when you're joining and all the movements and uh, we have something called the number system for our boxing. So that's part of our cognitive training. All of these things are brand new to that person. So what we make sure is that they have a, a mentor or a person that will work with them side by side. They'll partner with them in class. They'll show them how to wrap their hands for to become uh, prepared for boxing. They will uh, provide them support on any questions that they might have. And this just eases them in. It's a little bit of an icebreaker. In, in order to get somebody to feel comfortable when they join partway through the year. And so we, we welcome people to come in who've got no experience at all. Yeah. Brand new beginners. Yeah. Anyone can be welcome to join. That's right. We just make sure that their balance is uh, in a place where it's safe enough to participate in our program. That's the one piece we have to make sure we consider. All right, Darcy. Could you tell the listeners about the pricing on your program? Yes. Yeah. So each class, if you look at it on a class basis, is a $15 cost. And it comes in a monthly payment that we do. And that monthly payment is $120 per month. Uh -huh. And the group, they train twice per week. So uh, we do offer the four classes for those two levels that I mentioned. So we train Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And that's a one hour class that we do. And the one hour is a solid hour. So the, from when the time that they arrive till the time they leave, they are very active. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. What are some of the hazards of this program? Are there any safety protocols here? Yes, what we do is we we would say that probably any gym or fitness center is going to be a place where there are hazards present. So what we do, because there are concerns sometimes with uh, maybe someone who doesn't have perfect balance, or they're dealing with symptoms that day that make them feel more rigid or perhaps slower moving. So what we do is we make sure that, first of all, that the physical environment doesn't have obstacles within it that might uh, trip them up. And so we make sure the physical piece is there. And then what we've done is we've created a team of coaches and volunteers who are highly trained. And so the people that supervise and look out for them on a daily basis are trained to be able to do that based on those specific needs that they have. So for example, my uh, one of the partners, she trains the Tuesday, Thursday program. Her education is degree in kinesiology, and then she moved on to do a degree in neurophysiotherapy. So for her, uh, her interest and uh, experience are really well suited to keep people safe, and to also help them to grow from where they're at when they arrive. That's her goal is to always help somebody to improve on the personal goals that they bring when they arrive at the program. Yeah, so we have, and we also have safety protocols in place to be able to ensure that things are kept in uh, nice order, I would say, so that everybody will help out. Let's say the class has a number of tools out on the floor that we're using for our circuit. 
everybody acts like a team, the people that participate, and we pick up all those items together, we put them away together, and we make sure that everyone is communicating with each other. We have a leader for the warm-up who does just that, makes sure that they're safe during their warm-up. They get a chance to project their voice they, because for some people, as there are progression uh, of symptoms over time, they may have difficulty with their vocal cords or swallowing. And so what we try to do is give them a chance in the warm-up at the beginning of the class to be able to project their voice and communicate to their peers. And what that job is very, it's a safety job as well, because they have to make sure that as they run them through their warm-up, that they're keeping an eye out, providing verbal cues to their peers to make sure that they're staying safe and that they're doing the exercises properly so that they can get good and warmed up and ready for the day's activities. What are the age requirements to enroll in the fitness club? Oh, yeah, we have for the general fitness club, we have starting at eight years of age and the eight year old train with all the way up to the age 15. So the eight to 15s are in the youth program. And we do have the most comprehensive youth program for boxing in Calgary. So it's, uh, it's filled with fun and skill based training. And the group learns the base fundamentals of movement. So they learn to love to move. So we, we, we find that's great in case the kids later just want to leave boxing and go to another sport, then they're prepared. So they can, they can learn to throw things. They can learn to jump. They can learn to catch as well as all the boxing skills. And of course the fitness that they do, the strength and conditioning training. Uh-huh. And then we have our 16 and up program. So the 16 year olds, they tend to like to hang out with the adults. So they group together into the evening adult program. So it would run anywhere from 16. There is no upper age limit. It's, it's again, based on balance and fitness, but you would typically see uh, 16 to about 35 or 40 years of age training in the evenings. Mm-hmm. And then we have our Grizzly Strides program. Uh, so that age range goes anywhere from 49 years of age to 84 years of age in our current program. And uh, yeah, that's a pretty typical range for that program. Uh-huh. Yeah. What are the benefits of this program? Well, for the Parkinson's program, I think the one of the biggest benefits would be the social, emotional and psychological benefits, because uh, people that are facing living with this disease can often become isolated or perhaps uh, they will feel symptoms of depression, things that can be very troublesome when they're trying to deal with even the physical uh, aspects during the day. So we make sure that they have a place where they feel a sense of belonging. They have a place where they uh, can laugh. They laugh a lot (laughs) and they laugh at themselves and they laugh with one another. So we find that that's really good medicine. So it's just, it's a way that Yes, these people do require medication, um, but we can manage uh, the amount of medication sometimes by helping them stabilize uh, with non-pharmaceutical, which is sort of the type of training we do. It can help in that whole picture. So it really it gives that person a chance to be a part of their overall treatment plan with their doctor because their doctor manages you know, the uh, plan as far as the medications, as well as helps them with their non-motor symptoms. And then 
Grizzly helps with a lot of their motor symptoms, but their friends at the club will help them manage in a supportive way. And so it's like having a great big giant positive support group. <laughs> yeah. Those are the benefits. Yeah. We do have probably a few more with respect to the idea of what's called neuroplasticity and neurogenesis. So these are things that are studied and we don't know uh, a lot about them, but there's a lot of uh, new discoveries about what the brain's potential is. And so we try to work and combine the physical training with what I mentioned earlier, this cognitive training in the hopes that as the physical uh, training exercises, they can generate something uh, that's a protein that will cross through the blood brain barrier. And then it goes into what's called brain derived neurotrophic factor. And that possibly can help grow the hippocampus, which is the area that's responsible for memory and learning. And Although there's just beginning research in this area, we are hopeful that some of the things that we do each week will contribute to better chance of being able to maintain their memory and learning and all of their executive functions longer. Huh? Yeah. Are there any people with other disabilities that take part in the program? Ah uh, yes. So in our in our general club, we do have a number of people participating who would either have physical disabilities or perhaps mental disabilities. Uh, for example, uh, we have a young man who has a moderate level of autism diagnosed, and he uh, participates in our uh, evening program. He initially was participating with the support that he was bringing with him, and for the last. Oh, almost four years now, he's been participating on his own. And so he works in the class with everybody else. And he has a great time. He's really been able to improve his ability to initiate conversation and to be interested in some of the other things that are going on with other people in the gym. Yeah, so he, he also graduated by virtue of visiting with his doctor and his psychologist and asking, could I possibly participate in sparring? And that was something he dreamed of. And he has, for now, almost two years, he participates in something called controlled sparring. So for him, he works directly with the two coaches and uh, rather than some of the other uh, members so that they can control for the uh, contact. So David comes on Saturdays and he has a blast in the ring. So, yes, he's he's a big uh, surprise in a sense for his family because they were not sure he would want to be able to do this. And oh. he's been able to pull it off. And then we have, oh, Megan. She she trains there on Friday. Megan has Down syndrome. And she works in partnership with her mom. They make it a fun Friday afternoon training. And their coach takes them through all kinds of different things. They get a chance to, again, a lot of that laughter, a lot of hard work. But at the end of the day, it gives her a sense of belonging there. She gets to identify that boxing is something she does. And she, uh, she even when she goes away on, on her holidays, she actually has a boxing trainer away on holidays too, so that she can keep up her skills. And she's very devoted. Yes. And we have, we have other kids too. Like there's a young man who's eight years old and he has uh, autism. 
and he works through our youth program. He's uh, part of that program. And he was, at first, we thought his brother may need to be with him to be able to help him and support him in the class. But he's been able to also graduate to working without a support. So he works independently, just like the rest of the kids. And he has a great time in there. Yeah. 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 I was going to say that we do have a number of people who have that are adults that have, uh, they struggle with uh, depression, anxiety, tension deficit disorder, and hyper disorder. There are a number of people that do have these things that they bring with them. But one nice thing is once they're at the club and they're training, often it's a little bit of an escape from all of that for them. Oh, so they, yes. they, they're able to, to train and just to get away from some of their challenges okay. temporarily, yes. Yeah. All right. Could you tell us where a person could contact you and your website? Sure. So <clears throat> if you visit grizzlycage.com, you would uh, find all of the different programs and you also get an opportunity to try a free class. So that's the best way to dip in, test it out without having to make any kind of commitment. Uh, that would be for the uh, youth and adult program. With the Grizzly Strides program, we're a little bit more protective about people just walking in because we want to make sure that they're a good fit, safe for the program. And that's where we do a phone call with one another so that we can make sure that we're uh, connecting them with the right program. And if not, we help provide some other resources that would be useful to them. Huh. All right. Those, that's how they can contact you. Yeah. And they are also welcome to contact by phone if they like at 403-992-8032. Okay. Is there anything you, else you'd like to add today that we didn't discuss in this interview? Well, I would say that it's been a pleasure working with you this morning. I, I think that uh, what you're doing at Airwaves is excellent to be able to share these kinds of resources and to be able to practice this type of communication uh, for yourself. I think this is an, an amazing program that I've learned about. And then and an exciting piece, we are involved with the University of Calgary, where you're at on uh, working with the neurosciences department because they've proposed a large study to be able to study the ability of using music to help people with Parkinson's. And their uh, study is based on a device that people will wear externally on their legs. So it's not met involving medication. And they wear that device. And what happens is the device has parameters set ready for that person to be able to increase their stride length or perhaps their speed of stride. We want to make sure that people aren't taking small shuffling steps when we can get them to take larger steps. So we're, we're doing this with the device. And what it does is it plays pleasurable music when they're doing meeting the parameters. But if they stop and they start to make smaller steps or they go away from those, then what happens is the music stops. So, what it does is we get them encouraged to increase again and get back to playing the music, the pleasurable walking. And this has been piloted in several countries already. And the exciting thing is that Grizzly Strides and the uh, Cummings School of Medicine and Neuroscience Department are working together to try this with people here in Calgary. They've been doing that for a little while now, and they're going to start a brand new study that's going to incorporate a whole lot more people. And we're really excited. There's a number of different faculties working together. Of course, the music therapy program is a big one of them. 
and the uh, kinesiology department. And they're going to work together to be able to make sure that we can get this ultimately, if the study goes forward, to remote communities, to Indigenous communities, because digital health, which this will be delivered by, has only just really begun in its it's sort of in its infancy, and we want to be able to help make sure that people are able to have a training program that would be approved by their specialist accessible because we have not had accessibility, a lot of these people, in the past. We're excited about that. Thank you, Darcy. And it has been a pleasure to have you join us today. Excellent. Thank you very much, John. You're welcome. That was Darcy Irwin from the Grizzly Boxing Club here in Calgary. She runs a program for people with Parkinson's disease at the Boxing Club. That was John interviewing Darcy Irwin on Zoom. She talked about the program at the Grizzly Boxing Club and how she created an inclusive gym for everyone to enjoy. Thanks for listening to Accessible Airways on CJSW 9.9 FM. If you missed any other episodes, you can go to cjsw.com or any other podcast apps.